When Moses confronted Pharaoh in the Bible, he spoke with words of conviction that would echo around the world for centuries. Moses told Pharaoh, let my people go. I titled today's message, Let My Children Glow. Let my children glow. Go ahead and take your seats. So I want to piggyback off of what you've been hearing uh, this morning. I want to talk to you about your kids. I want to talk to us about our kids, your grandkids, your toddler kids, your elementary school kids. I want to talk about our kids. Let my children glow. When you walk into kids' land, you walk into the future. I want you to know that. When you walk in kids' land, when you volunteer in kids' land, when you serve in kids' land, when you pray for kids' land, when you support kids' land, but when you get around kids' land, you walk into the future. Lift your hand if you've ever been a kid. That was the past. That was 30 years ago, 40 years ago for some of you, 20 years ago. But if we fast forward to right now, then you know exactly what I mean. When somebody was around you as a kid, they literally were around your future. And we need to thank God that we've been able to have a life that grew and has grown into adulthood. But when you walk into kids land, you walk into the future. Kids are amazing. They're determined. Kids are powerful. They're awesome. Jesus talked about them. The Bible talks about them. Miracles have been done through them. Praises have come out of the mouth from them. Kids are awesome. There was this one kid. It was time for bedtime. And he was in his bed at night. Dad turned off his lights and he told his dad and his dad was leaving out the room. He said, Dad, uh, can you please bring me a glass of chocolate milk? And dad said, no, son, you got to go to sleep. Dad's watching TV. He hears his boy cry out again. Dad, can you please bring me a glass of chocolate milk? Dad says, no, go to sleep. Five minutes later, the boys ask again, Dad, can you please bring me a glass of chocolate milk? Dad said, no. And if you ask me again, I'm going to have to go in there and spank you. The little boy said after a minute, Dad, on your way in to spank me, can you bring me a glass of chocolate milk? Jesus told us to be like kids, I think, for a reason. And some of us, we have forgotten what it's like to be a kid. When you were a kid, you never questioned if you were going to eat that day. I mean, I know some of us have had a challenging childhood, and maybe we didn't have the luxury of nice, you know, fine dining as a kid. I know I didn't, many of you didn't, but one thing I did know is that I knew I was still going to eat, whether, a bit, whether it was just green beans out of a white label tin can or whether it was some fideo that mom would put together somehow or whether it was just a, a, a corn tortilla with salt on it, whether if it was just let, lettuce with lemon and salt, 
I knew one thing I was going to eat. I never had to worry if I was going to eat or not. Imagine if we just brought that same faith into our, adult, our adulthood with our sicknesses, with our challenges, with provision, all these things that we have forgotten how to live like, like a child, like children, determination. Now, that was then. Here you are today, 50 years later. The devil underneath your calloused feet. But here we are 50 years later, 60 years later, 40 years later. So now we're not a kid anymore. But I'll tell you one thing, whether you still have them or you don't. And I'm talking about little ones. Your little ones, some of them are grown up and married. But I know one thing that we do have. We may not have kids, but we, we are responsible to them. You may not have kids in your house anymore, but you got kids in this church. They're not yours, but they are part of your church. And many of us just walk by them like they're strangers. I don't know. I love, to, I love to greet the kids whenever I see them. Before church, after church, I just love greeting the kids. I know one thing is that a lot of them are hurting. We got kids right now back there where just a month ago they lost their father. There's kids back there that are hurting. One day go back there and take a look at the prayer wall. This month they've called it, or last month, May, it was May Day, May Day. And all the little kids went and they put prayer requests on a prayer wall. You should read those prayer requests. I'm not sure if it's still up or not. But if you take a look at it, then you'll feel a sense of responsibility. There's a difference between being responsible for them versus responsible to them. There's a powerful scripture that God uh, was giving to a man by the name of Reuben. In, in the book of Genesis, and I'll share it with you. In Genesis chapter 42, verse 22, here's what the Bible says. God says, did I not speak unto you? Do not sin against the child. Do not sin against the child. And you did not hear. You would not hear. Look at, we don't only in this life sin against God. We sin against one another. When you gossip about someone, you've sinned against them. When you have been unfaithful to a spouse, you have sinned against them. And in this place here, God is telling us that it's possible that we could sin against a child. When we neglect the responsibility to them. You are responsible to that child. When they look at you on a Sunday morning, they ought to say to themselves, that's the kind of Christian I want to be when I grow up. You don't want to come out of their minds if they look at us and say, I'm confused, God. This is supposed to be church, but why is this man talking to me like this? Why is that couple fighting Right in the coffee shop. We have a responsibility to them. To them. Let my children glow. As children, we've sinned against our parents. As members 
of a family, we've sinned against our brothers and sisters. As adults, we can sin against our husband or our wife. We can sin against an employer, against an employee. We can sin against a buyer or a seller. We can sin in public and we can sin in private. We can sin against our poverty and we can sin against our wealth. According to Genesis 42, what I just read to you, we can sin against children. You don't have to be a parent to sin against children. Let my children glow. I say, let my children. It's because as adults, we have to give them permission to do certain things. Mom, can I go outside and play? I'm going to let you go outside and play, but I want you to be back before the sun comes down. That's what my mom used to tell me. Or on Mother's Day when we played that game, and Mama used to say, turn your life around. And Mama used to say, remember that, remember that game? I loved it so much because of that worldly song. <laughs> but somebody, once, somebody said in that game, my mom used to say, as soon as the street lights are not on anymore, then you got to come home. So I used to play on the streets where the street lights didn't work. See, our kid can only go out and play if we let him. Our kid can only be on their phone if we let them. Could you say amen? See, our kids only have permission to do something if we let them. It goes for the same in regards to this kids conference. Let them go. Let them go to the conference. They cannot come if they don't have permission. You've heard it over and over again. Not last Sunday. Oh, last Sunday and the, and, the, and the Sunday before that is that they don't have a car. They can't drive themselves. They cannot call an Uber ride to come to the kids' conference. Let my children glow. Let them let them. We have a responsibility. Do not sin against the children. Oh, my Lord. Is it my, my Lord, somebody say amen. You know, I can't tell you how blessed I am. Every morning I wake up, and I, I wake up early every single morning before everybody else. The only one that is awake when I get up. I'm talking about like 3.30 a.m., 4.30 a.m. stuff. It's just me and our cat, Judah. We put Judah in that garage, and he hears my footsteps coming, and he just scratches. Though I never thought I would like a cat. I don't want to say love yet, because that relationship is too new for love to be involved with, with that cat. But cats are the most stuck-up animals in the entire world. I've told you before, there's dog people, there's dog there's dog people and cat people. Dogs, this is a dog for you. A dog says, a dog says, you, you, you love me, you caress me, you hold me, you care for me. And the dog says, you must be God. The cat says, you love me, you caress me, you hold me, you care for me. I must be God. <laughs> but every morning I walk out and, you know, um, my daughter's getting ready for work. 
my daughter's in her early 20s now. We, we asked her to move back. She had her own place, was doing well, but we had the whole men's and women's home in our house, and it, we ended up uh, temporarily closing that down. And so we, we, we offered if our daughter wanted to come back for, with her kids. Every morning I wake up, and out of my daughter's bedroom is worship music coming out. The first thing she puts on when she wakes up in the morning. My son, our conversations are about church, ministry, how to handle this people problem, this challenge, and this song, and this worship song, and baseball. But when I look at that, I say to myself, we're letting them go. They were kids at one time. And we weren't always the pastors of a church. I mean, we, we raised up our kids when they were small, when we weren't the pastors. But one thing we always did is we, we took them to the church with us. We, we, let the, we exposed them to the power of God. We exposed them to the changing love, the, the changing power of God. We exposed them to the goodness of God. Let my children glow. And when I look all these years later, there ain't nothing greater than to waken up in the morning and hear worship music coming out of your kids' bedrooms. Give the Lord a hand praise because some of you may not understand that right now because your kids are five and six and eight years old. But when you begin to serve God together with your kids that have grown into adulthood and have kids of them, of their, for themselves and are married and have their own lives, when you begin to worship God in the same house, you go all the way back to the scripture that says, if you start your child in the ways of the Lord, when he or she grows up they will not depart from it and some of your parents do not grow weary and well-doing I know you haven't seen that happen yet and your daughter's 30 years old and your son is 41 years old but don't you grow weary and well-doing keep being that example keep being that model keep coming to church when you don't want to when you don't feel like it show them that you can still give to God even though your car broke down show them you're still trusting God and put anointing oil on your children even though you you get the worst news of your life uh, model what a man of God is supposed to be and a woman of God let my children glow let them they can't drive themselves here. They can't register for themselves for this conference. And surely they're not going to invite themselves. You need to give them permission. The same way you let them spend the night at their friend's house. The same way you let them go on that school field trip. You just sign them away to that school and to that bus. And they take them to Malibu somewhere or to the L.A. Zoo. The same way you let them. Then let them come to a church on Saturday that is being prepared just for them. <laughs> Did I not speak unto you saying, do not sin against the child. We have a responsibility to this I'm not going to say next generation because God uses them now at their age. Every year in this country, 150,000 
children go missing. Every year. Thank God that's not any of our children. Oh, God, I heard one amen. What? Come on, don't make me say what I just almost was tempted to say. I said, thank God that's not any of our children. 150,000 of them go missing. It's expected that this year 1.5 million teenagers will run away from their homes. And 6 million teenagers live on the streets of American cities right this very moment. And out of every 200 people under the age of 25 years old, if trends hold, then this is what, it, what, this, this is what will happen to every 200 people under the age of 25 years old. And if you have kids that are under the tw- age of 25, listen to these, st- to these stats here. Nine of the girls will be raped in their lifetime. Nine, nine of the 200 girls will be raped in their lifetime. Nine will be killed. And at least 50% of them will grow up and become divorced. 16 of them will be incarcerated with a long-term prison sentences. 21 will be drug addicts. 16 will become mothers out of wedlock. Nine will have more than one abortion. 20 will live on antidepressants for the rest of their lives between the ages of 11 and 20. 11 will be turned into the social services. More than 20% will seriously consider suicide more than once. That's what stats say. But if you're able to get into those young people's hearts at an early age, if God has given you that precious thing called timing, if you have timing right now with your kids, I'm telling you, okay, maybe you had Disneyland tickets for for this conference dates. Maybe you were planning to go somewhere. I, I feel in my heart that God is speaking to somebody right now. And the first thing you're going to do is change your plans. You're going to say, you know what? Uh, I think Jesus could do a whole better job in my kid's life than Mickey or Minnie. I think Jesus will be able to do a way better thing in my kid's life than Goofy or whoever. And I, I'm, I'm not saying that because I'm against, I'm, I'm against family vacations. I'm not saying that. Because that's not for everybody. But that may be for somebody right now. God is speaking to your spirit. And you're saying to yourself, uh, I'm going to protect my child. I'm going to protect my children. There ain't no way that my kid is going to fall into these devilish statistics that they're saying is going to happen this year to children that are under the age of 25. That's not going to be my kid. Can I... Purchase an amen from this church today. Let my children glow. Let my children glow. So I'm closing now. Parents, uncles, aunts, neighbors, mentors. Bring those little ones to the kids' conference. Our theme scripture, our theme scripture for this conference, for these kids, have been has been in Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, where it says, Let your light shine before men, so that they may see your good works and praise your father, which is in heaven. Parents, 
Don't blow out your kid's candle. Don't do that. Don't put a cup over a light that God is doing in their little lives. They love coming to church. They love it. I know you didn't. When your mom grabbed you by the ear and took you there and said, do the sign of the cross. Do the sign of the cross right now. You're going to go to catechism. You're going to do confirmation. No, there's something different about these kids. They love coming to church. And don't ever, ever underestimate what God could do through a kid's life. Don't. Don't ever underestimate that. Just ask that little boy who gave up his lunch for Jesus. To feed over, over 5,000 people with his two pieces of bread and, or five pieces of bread and two fish. Just ask that little boy. Don't ever underestimate what God can do in kids' lives. So with the next two minutes and 15 seconds, I'm going to show you a video with how God can use kids. So take a look at this. God was my weapon, pray 24-7, I'm giving them heaven for Jesus, I'm blessing, I'm ready for seconds, I'm ready for war, his words where I'm repping, I'm sending a message. Look, to Jesus I'm praying, elevating, meditating, devil's hating, bringing devastation, got the devil shaking, to heaven is my destination. To Jesus I'm gone, to Jesus I'm flowing, to Jesus I'm gone, to Jesus the power of the devils who I am destroying, Jesus the reason I'm here, Jesus right next to me, devils in fear, I fear Jesus, pressure Jehovah is near, Jesus my savior, I'm keeping it clear, I'm keeping it clear. The only one with, I can proceed, Jesus is what we need, I am here to plant a seed, representing G-O-D, to the day I D-I-E, giving Jesus all my praise, I praise Jesus all my days, I give Jesus all my life, I praise Jesus. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Bro, man, that was fire. That was fire, man. You see, just because your parents are divorced doesn't give you the right to break the curfew. Just because your dad is sitting in front of the TV all the time doesn't give you the right to say, you know what, I'm not going to honor you. Why? Because your dishonor shows more about your character than the person that you're dishonoring. And you see, God treats dishonor seriously. When Ham made fun of his father who was drunk, God did not punish Noah, God punished Ham. When Miriam made fun of her brother for hypocrisy, when Moses said not to marry any other woman but an Israelite, and he marries an Ethiopian, and Miriam, she has a problem with that. She says, Moses, you said not to do this. Are you the only guy? And she rises against him, and trust me, she had the right. And God comes to Miriam and says, Miriam, how dare you? And so God gives Miriam a little gift called leprosy, and he says, if you don't repent of this, you'll die of it. And I look at God, God, did you approve of what Moses did? No. God will deal with Moses as God did with Eli and as God did with him and as God did with Saul when David honored him. It's not in your place to fix anyone because dishonor never fixed anyone. It hurts the person who receives it. Because my friend, one day you'll have your own children. One day you'll have your own grandchildren. One day you'll be the teacher in the classroom. One day you'll, the, you'll be the mayor in the city. One day you'll be the leader of your home group. One day you'll be the pastor of the church. And you'll realize things look different from this point. What looks like control is care. What looks like they're taking my phone away, it's protection. That boy has a parent or guardian that is looking out for him, being responsible to him. Did I not speak unto you? Do not sin against the children.